yes, it's coming in three, two, one. On the air with FDT TV, the premier West Ham and Arsenal football podcast, brought to you every Monday by Michael Hawes and Ian Vargas. Hello and welcome to episode 29, I think, of the FDT TV podcast. Uh, as always, I am Ian and I am joined by... I'm Mike. Uh, and we're here to discuss football and the world, I suppose. It's a bit of a funny time at the minute. Obviously, as you can see, the usual uh, the usual colourings of the background have changed this week as we show our support with... I was going to say a native Ukraine, neither is a Ukrainian. Um, but yeah, so so obviously uh, it's not a nice thing that's going on there. Hopefully it gets resolved sooner rather than later, amicably, uh, as much as it can be. And everyone stays safe that can. Um, I think that's a, a, a message that's sort of being echoed throughout the world. But um, yep. footballers seem to be doing uh, their best to uh, stand and support those in Ukraine at the moment, which I think leads us on to subject number one, Matty Cash. He's in the thumbnail uh, for a reason. So he, he showed his support for Ukraine and someone that he, I think, used to play with um, and their family who he hopes to keep in safe. And he got booked for it, which normally, yes, if you take your shirt off, you do get a booking. Uh, but the FA, prior to all this weekend's games, attended any shows of support or, or protests against uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine are allowed. So there has been an official complaint gone in to the FA about and the Referees Association about the referee of the match. Um, so I don't know what will happen with that, but what's your opinion on, um, on the, the referees not taking kindly to, uh, to shows of support? I think it just sums up our our referees quite well, doesn't it? Um, as as satirical as that sounds, like the 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 mentality that the refs seem to be kind of displaying certainly over the last couple of seasons, it's like they're bigger than the game. No one can question what they're doing, um, and if you do, obviously you'll get sanctions put against you, whether it be a fine or or whatever. Um, yeah, I think it sums them up perfectly. And if if the the guidance has been that yes, you can show your support, and they've gone against that, then it's got to be something as simple as either a fine from the referees association or uh, banning the um, the referee from playing x amount of games or referee uh, officiating x number of games you see players when they cock up they get bans and fines and all sorts or certainly the clubs pick up the fines so uh, yeah i think we need to start seeing repercussions um for errors that the referees are making very well said very well said Thank you. now um with that sort of thing obviously i i uh, uh, I agree with what Matty Cash did, and I'm sure the booking won't affect him in any way, shape, or form. But do you think, with that side of things, players maybe should sort of give the red the ref the heads up, saying if I score, I've got a message under my shirt. It's this is what it is. Don't book me, you bellend. Quite possibly, I'd be very surprised if there wasn't. Well, I suppose for for that sort of thing, you don't really think that. <sighs> 
that sort. Yeah, it shouldn't have been a bookable offence for the message that it was. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I mean, you go back what years ago. Uh, certainly when we were growing up i know obviously they're trying to make the game as professional as, as ever but when you've got something as crazy as what's going on at the moment and obviously the world i'd say the world has taken to um their support of uh ukraine i mean you've even got people in in russia that are protesting about the the actions that have been taken by their own government so um yeah i i think it's it's all right for everyone else to to come out and show their support whether it be um uh, on social media or um actual protests that, that that's happening or whatever medium that, that they can for for something as as close obviously as close to Matty Cash. Yep. Obviously he knows the guy, wishes his family well, etc. Um yeah, I, I I don't understand why that sort of thing wouldn't be allowed. Um I've, again I suppose the 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 referees association or whatever sanctions it is could come out and say well these are law, the laws of the game. Oh granted as you mentioned the FA have come out and said well yeah you can do it. Maybe they could have done it in the same light as everyone else has to do it, i.e. Joe Public on social media and stuff. But yep. I think for, for something that is quite close to your heart and you want to do something like that, I don't think you should be um, punished for it. But, I mean, you, you may see that yellow card rescinded. I know it's, it's something that doesn't happen very often. Um, mm. Obviously, it seems to be more the uh, the red cards that need to be discussed. But again, if, if the FA have come out and said, we won't be taking any action and they have taken it or the referees have taken action against it, then obviously it should be, it should be rescinded. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. Very well said. Much more eloquent Thank than you. I would have put it. As I said, with, uh, <laughs> don't, don't book him you bell end. I think that's how I summed it up. But, um, but mo moving swiftly on, uh, we, we've got a, a huge, huge change in the Premier League. Uh, and that is Marco Bielsa has received a sack from Leeds. Um, obviously, mm -hmm. they were struggling with uh, player fitness and injuries and things like that for a lot of the season. They've lost, I think, five of the last six and got battered by Tottenham uh, most recently, which is which is how he came to lose his job. Um, his contract was up at the end of the year and the Leeds fans loved him. And by the sounds of it, a lot of their players are going to start to come back in the next five weeks they should almost be at full complement again do you think that maybe they should have held fire and seen if he could have got them out of trouble or do you think it's a case of if we get relegated it's such a big financial hit that we can't take that risk yeah i think it's exactly that with um Obviously, we know that the Premier League or football in general is a results-driven business. If your team doesn't win, obviously, you become uh, severely under pressure. Uh, you've mentioned, obviously, the 4-0 the result against Tottenham. Um, should have been 4-1 at least um, with one of the the chances that Leeds had. Goalkeeper Hugo Lloris come out, uh, managed to take it past him. Pretty much an open goal. Um, I can't remember who it was out onto the, the right-hand side of the box. Could have either squared it and scored a goal or taken a shot earlier and scored it. But that's a different story. Um, I, I, I guess on uh, from a Leeds perspective, it's more kind of uh, damage limitation. Yep. There's been some quite significant defeats 
uh, in recent weeks. I think there was a 7-0 against Liverpool, a 6-0 against Manchester City. And um, again, I think coming towards the end of the season, I'd say every point matters, but every goal matters as well, because it could be a simple case of being level with someone like Burnley or um, or Norwich or whatever, do you know what I mean? Come the end of the season, it could down to goal difference yeah and when you've got quite a significant number of goals leaked and not enough goals scored over the last couple of weeks that could be a deciding factor so uh um it's it's a shame that it has ended the way it has for for bielsa i think he's um was a breath of fresh air for for football in general um obviously looking at what he did with leeds over the last couple of years um with a, an extremely strong finish uh given the circumstances last year in the premier league um, it's just not worked out and I know they've been obviously hampered by injuries and stuff but I think just going back to what you said with players coming back over the next five weeks again that damage could be well and truly done by that five weeks anyway so um, I think Leeds as as much as a shame as it is I think Leeds had to kind of cut their losses mm. and um, yeah try and move on it makes sense now we've um, obviously there's been a Quite a heated debate on social media and between pundits and on on radio and things like that. Um, some people saying Bielsa has played the same way for over 30 years and he was unlikely to ever change it. Um, obviously, he's had success with that. Um, he's been quite successful with Leeds. He's just sort of bringing in players that are um, very young and inexperienced and so can't cope with, with the pressures that each position holds. Um, and others saying there's Sunday league managers who have got more tactical genius than he has because if you if all your first team's out, then surely you should be trying to shut up shop and and sort of damage limitation. Um, so so it's a very um, a very mixed bag of of what people believe is he was good at bad at. But do you think maybe he should have not been as stubborn? And, and tried to shut up shop or do you think he, he was right to stick with his philosophy that he has done throughout his career and, and try and make it work? There's, there's kind of two sides um, to it. I think the answer to that question is very much split down the middle in terms of how it's split pundits, because obviously, as you mentioned, you've got some people um, that I've certainly heard just recently come out and praise the way that, Marco Bielsa does kind of stick to his guns. They've yeah. um, branded that the the football of Leeds is quite exciting because they are so open. Um, I, w- I would say for large parts of certainly last season, um, they were a kind of a guilty pleasure to watch. I would say because of the way they were playing. Sometimes they will go out and get a scalp, and and other times it could be kind of like their downfall and and lose. I wouldn't say it as uh, as convincingly as they have done recently, mm. but um, I think his stubbornness is potentially a thing that has lost him his job. Um, we, I think, I think we can sum it up perfectly in the the fact that when you look at football, um, certainly from when again we were growing up, so the mid to late nineties uh, into the early two thousands, it's a completely different game to what it is now. Yeah. Um, and you would have your one your one tactic. You play a four four two, or just using that as an example, and that would be your tactic throughout the whole game. Now you've got 
<clears throat> different formations to different phases of play and stuff like that. So for going one way, you'd have one formation defending you would have this, you got the your press in and all that sort of stuff. Whereas I think it's the 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 way I kind of see it is is excuse the analogy here, but kind of like the 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 army generals back in World War One instead of changing the philosophy of, well, that didn't work, let's try something different. It was just like, nah, just keep doing it. It'll, it'll work eventually. Mm. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I kind of see it from, from both, from both sides. Um, that again, they were quite an exciting team to watch um, on their day. Again, I appreciate it with injuries and stuff. And I think that just highlights their, their lack of squad depth yep. that they haven't got the talent to, to kind of do possibly the t the two mindsets um and it may be something that we see kind of change over the next couple of weeks depending on what manager they appoint or do you know what i mean we may see a different side to leads yeah where they may end up playing the complete opposite so where they were playing so uh so open then you may see a more compact leads yeah which may affect goals being scored but I mean, certainly they do need to kind of tighten up the defence a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 I can't remember the guy's name who has been linked with them, but he's sort of a product of the Red Bull clubs. So he was, yes. uh, he was yes, yes, at yes. Um, Red Bull in America. I can't remember what team that is. Um, and then he Red went. Bulls. Uh, yeah, but where, where are they based? New York. New York, that's it. And then he went over to Red Bull uh, Leipzig in Austria. Um, or, or the Austrian version, and uh, now he's in the German one. Um, he's had success at all the clubs. The German one isn't going too well. I think I heard earlier it's, he's had something like a thirty-eight percent win win percentage, but there's been a big upheaval and a, a very high um, turnover of players there recently. And it, from what I understand and, and what I've read about this this guy coming in, he ha he plays very similar to Ragnik at. Um, United, where it's sort of a four-four-two, it's a very high counter press. It tries to win the ball back high up the pitch and and get on it quickly. Um, so, I think Leeds are probably more geared up to play like that than Manchester United were. So they may see some success, especially if it's, it's quite mm -hmm. a structured defence, um, which is where they fouled at, at points. Um, do you do you believe that obviously? The Leeds players bought into Bielsa's philosophies and how he trained, and he trained hard, um, and they played hard. Do you think that they, that may have possibly been the downfall of their 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 success with the amount of injuries they've had because they're training so hard and and constantly running and pressing? Do you think that may have had something to do with how many injuries they've had, or do you uh, think it might be be a bit a bit, bit unlucky? A, a bit of both. Um, obviously, if you're if you're training that hard frequently, you do or you you will become more susceptible fatigue. And once you start getting fatigued, that's when you start getting injuries and stuff. Um, but at the same time, you could be quite unlucky. Uh, it's uh, I'd say six or one, half a dozen or the other. Yeah. Um, it's it's possibly they go hand in hand, but. Um, obviously you just, you don't know what, obviously if it is muscular injuries, then you would say it's a, a direct link to it, but, yeah. um, yeah, t t tough one. 
Fair enough. And, and last but not least, we're covering the whole fun now before we get into our predictions and all the rest of it. Kepa. Um, yes. Obviously, uh, we have a few opinions on him um, over the years, especially been as when he was under Sarri, they went to a penalty shootout in a final and he refused to be substituted, which is in the rules of the game. You are allowed to refuse to be substituted. Uh, she was on the other foot at the weekend when uh, Chelsea took on Liverpool at Wembley in the League Cup final, if you didn't already know. Um, Edouard Mendy looked like he, he was saving everything. Didn't like he was ever going to be beaten. Doesn't matter if that game went on for four days. He would ever, never would have conceded a goal. Um, and there was a few dodgy offside decisions on, on both sides. Um, a few dodgy VAR decisions, but it wouldn't be a, a cup final without them. Um, Kepler come on for the, the last two minutes of the game. I I did think he was going to concede in the last like minute of extra time, which I, I thought would, would have been quite funny. Um, but we see quite an exciting penalty shootout. 22 mm-hmm. shots on goal. 21 goals. Um, one that's now Elon Musk has taken up as like a Starlink satellite. Um, <laughs> do you feel sorry? First question first. Do you feel sorry for Kepa that he he didn't do bad in the penalty shootout, but some really good penalties, and then he had to take one, which I don't think was expected. So, do you feel sorry for him in that respect that he, he got to the point where he had to take one? Um, I, I feel sorry for goalkeepers in general. Um, when it comes to penalty shootouts, because you're either the hero or the villain in terms of uh, making the saves, etc. Because obviously you get five, well, the maximum that you would have theoretically would be five shots. So you've got five dead ball situations. And I know there's a lot of mind games and stuff when it comes to um, the uh, trying to put off the penalty taker. Um, but at the same time, obviously you've then got to step up to the plate and kind of... Well, say save the shots, obviously. Um and for, for twenty I'd say twenty shots each. Um sorry, twenty shots each. That's uh, for twenty shots, I think um the it was definitely advantage attacker. Yeah. Um in fact, yeah, twenty 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 shots in total. Uh because there was one time I think Chelsea were quite lucky to have scored. Um, in fact, Liverpool were lucky to have scored because I think, um, obviously, um, Kepa managed to get his hand to one. And at the same time, I think, um, I can't remember who was in goal for, for Ke- Liverpool. But I think what, uh, what one kind of went right under his body. So I think there were there were quite a substantial number of penalties taken, which were really good penalties. Mm. Um, when it come to uh, the Liverpool keeper... Uh, he had one thing in his mind. It was kind of very David Luiz-esque, run at the ball, fucking hit it as hard as you can. And I think Kepa had a different story. Um, I think he was trying to place it and obviously he forgot that he was actually taking a penalty and ended up clearing it, as, as you said. <laughs> so it was like a goal kick, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. are you fucking hoof um, that? Yeah, so I, I think it was a bit unlucky and I think it's unfortunate that the, the responsibility ultimately relies on the goalkeeper yep. in that situation because they've either got to save it or they've got to stick the ball in the back of the net and they go for round two. Um, so, yeah, it's it's quite difficult. Yes, I do feel sorry. Um, but he should have worked uh, on his penalty taking before. Eh? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so uh, the other thing is, obviously, Tuchel made that change. 
And I think some of that has to do with mind games. Um, because of, why are you bringing him on? What's changed? Like, it, Kepper has got a good record in penalty shootouts, especially recently. Mm-hmm. If he'd if he'd saved one and had won, Tuchel would have been being praised as sort of the the tactical king tactical of the world. Genius, yeah. And a minute now, people are saying, well, maybe he's a bit inept. I don't think that's the case at all. I think he was just trying his chance in his arm to try and get some form of of mental advantage over Liverpool. Um, mm-hmm. But what's your take on that? Do you, do you think that he's tactically inept, or do you, do you don't think it has much bearing on anything really? <clears throat> I th- I th- for me personally, I think it, it doesn't really have much. A, a penalty shootout is a lottery. You could have the the your best player miss a miss a chance. You could have your worst player that you wouldn't bank on scoring in a brothel ended up being the one that. Um, Wins wins the penalty kick. I mean, look at Jorginho, for example, the um, in the the Euros. Yeah. Um. You, anyone with 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 his penalty taking ability, I think he's he's not missed many. Uh, granted, he missed a, uh, a couple in succession, obviously after the Euros, including the Euros. Um. But he hasn't missed many. Yeah. So I th- I think it's it's kind of the luck of the draw. Um. So you do kind of have to feel sorry for it. And I think it's just one of those things that um, I don't think you can um, blame the manager for. Well, you can blame the manager for. Um, it's quite easy to to blame the manager for it, but I don't think it's justified as to the the criticism he would have got for that. Yeah, you trumping away there. I did. Right? Yeah, yeah. I was trying to put you off. Sorry. Yeah. I thought it's actually. I, I don't know if he got picked up, but I was quite proud of that one. Um, <laughs> I think I need to install the second gagging on it. Is it that? Yeah, I need to install a second microphone, the fart microphone, just. To... So everyone at home can listen to him. Um, but yeah, okay, so that covers obviously all of the thumbnail and, and, and everything that's sort of going on that's important in the world at the moment without getting into it in too much depth. Uh, but mm-hmm. every week we do make some predictions on the football to try out and chance their arm for the little trophy, which you've won two seasons in succession, I think, if, yeah. I, if I'm, I'm correct. I'm just going to remind the viewers, yeah. for those who are watching on YouTube, this is the FIFA Day Trophy Predictions trophy a two-time champion so but well it's, current, it's kind of slipping away from yeah, me currently, currently i'm in the lead and since i've taken the lead i've had some real shitty weekends um but we had three games to predict i know one mm-hmm. i was very close to fucking winning um, <laughs> but uh sure what, what were uh what were our predictions for last weekend mike Okay, so we had uh, Arsenal versus Wolves, West yep. Ham versus Wolves, and then Chelsea versus Liverpool in the uh, Carabao Cup final. Um, so just going back to the predictions for Arsenal versus Wolves, you had nil nil. I had one one. Uh, obviously, the score was two one. Yeah. Do you want to give us a bit of a, re- a bit of a, a bit of a, a quick match recap on the, on that? Yeah, sure. Um, so this is, this was a game I was a little bit apprehensive going into, uh, just based on Wolves' current form. And I know we have started to pick up a bit of uh, positive momentum. Mm-hmm. So I, it was going to be a difficult one. Um, and I think for for 92 minutes or 90, 93 minutes, uh, I think a draw would have been a fair result. We went 1-0 down within 10 minutes from a stupid decision from Gabriel to decide to pass back the ball to, I, th- I think it was looking for, for Ben White on the edge of the box. And um, yeah, Wolves come in scored in the tightest of angles, and it was just one of those ones. And I've got to be honest, mate, I was fucking livid I bet. when we conceded that goal, but just because it was... 
it's one of the errors you don't expect us to make in recent weeks. It um, was an unusual it, error it seemed, for this season. Yeah, it seemed, well, for the second, it, it seemed to be. God, sorry. sorry go I was, I was going to say it was an unusual error for like the the second half of the season, but not really. Mm. It was an unusual error for the after the sixth game of the season for you to yeah, yeah. to concede like that. And um, yeah, so for the majority of uh, of the season, it seemed to be that we've managed to get our affairs in order and we were stopped giving away cheap goals, but that was uh, a cheap goal to give away. Mm. And uh, from then on, we saw uh, Wolves trying to time waste, which was ridiculous in the first half. Um, but we managed to um, kind of withstand any pressure that they were piling on to us towards the end of the first half. We managed to kind of grow back into the game. The second half was a lot better from us, I've got to say. I think we're unlucky on a, a few occasions. However, uh, Mikel Arteta, Super Subs, Nicolas Pepe and uh, Eddie Nketi coming on and changed the game completely. Uh, Pepe scoring the equaliser. Yep. Uh, I think it was in the 84th minute or 83rd minute. And then um, Lacazette cropping up with a winner in the, um, in the 94th minute. And like I said, from from... The, the time wasting that happened in the game, we ended up with six minutes of uh, injury time. I pretty much scored with the last kick of the game. Um, I think Lacazette's very unlucky for it to uh, to go down as an own goal. Um, but we got the three points. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll take not getting any points on these predictions just uh, because there's another three points for us. So um, as I said, score was 2-1, so there's no points for either of us. Next game was West Ham Wolves. You had 2-1 to Wolves. I had 1-1. And obviously the score was 1-0. Mm. Do you want to give us a recap? Yeah, it was one of those that, that West Ham, we've been in, in poor form recently. And a number of players, I think Thomas Suchek was one that did a bit of press before, like uh, in the week leading up to it, saying we've been working hard. Um, the last few games we've, we've struggled to keep the ball and, uh, and get the basics right and, and create chances and, uh, and make the most of them. And it showed that what they had been doing in training had paid off because we did keep the ball a lot. Um, we played well, we created chances, was unlucky with a number of them. Uh, Cresswell free quick, free quick, free kick went just past the post. Um, Declan Rice with a curling effort from 25 yards out rattled the, the post. Um, and then, say, Antonio went for a scorpion kick out of nowhere. It was almost on par with where Keppers went. But... Um, yeah, I think it was unlucky. I think Zuma took a header and he should have left it. It would have been an open goal for Antonio. So a bit unlucky. But Thomas Suchek found himself in that sort of Ian Wright position of floating around in front of the goal. Ball comes into the box and he, he just gets in front of it, gets a touch on it, puts it past the keeper. Um, we look we look good value for money. And Wolves did have a couple of chances. But um, I think the, 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 the manner in which they lost to you so late on... Um, had an effect on them mentally uh, from that sort of... There was a little bit of a hangover from from it in the first... Certainly in the first half. Um, mm -hmm. But but we won. Uh, we, we've now sort of started to get our, uh, our season back on track with, with some points um, much needed. Um, and we're sitting in fifth. Um, so I think if we can string a few more results together, we'll be all right. Uh, but yeah, I think overall, solid solid performance. Nice. So um, just going back to the score prediction. So you said 2-1 to Wolves. I said 1-1. One, one. Obviously 1-0 to West Ham. So that's no points for either of us. 
Uh, coming on to the Carabao Cup finals, an extra game for us this week. Uh, you had Chelsea 3 and, uh, sorry, 3 0. Uh, I had 2 1 to Liverpool. Um, I think we can both say that um, it was, um, I, I, I suppose, in a sense, it was quite an entertaining cup final. Mm. Um, there were there were chances for both teams, uh, certainly in the first half, I'd say for Liverpool, second half for Chelsea. Chelsea definitely grew into the, into the game. Um, both had some goals chalked off for offside. Um, I'm, I'd say, unfortunately, Liverpool ended up winning that game on penalties as we were just kind of recapping. Yep. Um, shit way to, to win a trophy. Oh, yeah, I'd say it's a shit way to win a trophy, shit way to lose a trophy. Yeah. Um, because it is a lottery-based system. So, um, obviously, Liverpool win the cup. Um, did we go down as because I had Liverpool to win? Um, no, because you didn't say on penalties. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not getting an extra point. <laughs> oh, right. I'll take my point off then. Um, so, yeah, so there's no, po- no point. Um, if they'd, if they'd won in extra time, I would have given it to you, but... but... To, to win on penalties, I think that's a bit of a yeah. Bit no, of a I, I, to, to be honest, I was um I, I, I was kind of umming and ahhing about that um just on the basis that it was again such a, a crap way to win. Mm. Although um, if you if you were to show somebody if they go how can a nil nil be entertaining, you'd show them that match because actually it was an entertaining nil mm. nil. It had its moments of controversy, it had its moments of excitement, and then it actually finished off with one of the best. Uh, uh, a most intense uh, penalty shootouts that there's been in a long, long time. Mm, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, so just looking at the season totals, Ian, you are still currently on 38 points <laughs> and I'm still sitting on 32. Mm. Uh, so that does bring us on to this week's predictions. Yes. Uh, we've got three games again this week. Uh, obviously West Ham in the FA Cup midweek. Uh, and then you travel up to Anfield against Liverpool and Watford take on Arsenal at Watford. Yeah. Um, so give us your thoughts on the uh, on the Southampton West Ham game. Um, again, it depends. So if Southampton turn up, that they they're very very good. But on the other hand, they they've done a few weeks where they have turned up, so they're due a, a drop in form. We've played well. I think the only thing going for them really is that, that we're away from home. Um, it's a difficult one. I think both teams will probably play a, a decent side. It won't be sort of youth-filled. Sorry, pardon me. Um, and as much as I really want to go on an FA Cup run, I think with... Seville coming up in the Europa League and obviously the weekend game where we need to get something out of it. Is this sort of game going to go on the back burner a little bit for Moyes? And and that's what you have to take into account because as much as you want to put out your strongest 11, really, this is a game where we could do with resting a few players uh, to make sure that they're, they're fully fit. I'm... Oh. And there's no replays at this point, is there? Um, oh, 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 I'm going to go. I'm going to go with a one-all with West Ham to win on penalties. Is that the, the so 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 if if that's that, that's very 
so if we, so let, let let's clarify the rules beforehand. So if if West Ham win in normal time, I don't get a point because it goes yep. to extra time, doesn't it? it doesn't go straight to penalties. Or does it? Um, yes. No, I, I, do you know what? I actually don't know. I'll have to double check that. But so, so if they if they if 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 it if they win in normal time, I won't take a point. If they win mm-hmm. on penalties, then they get three points. Yes. Fair? Yes. Okay. Um, I am going to go slightly more confident um, for you guys in this. Obviously, you have dug out some uh, some good results recently. Um, as you mentioned, your form's kind of coming back. It's going to make a good a, a good game, I think, actually, for, for both teams. Um, but I'm going to go slight favourites to you on this particular game. Um, I'm going to go for 2-1 to West Ham on this game. Very good, very good. I'll take I'll, I'll take a two one. I would take a two one. Um, next up, we then go to another West Anfield. Uh, another West Ham game um, on Saturday. Yeah, I mean last last time, uh, uh, not that one. I've got two. I didn't go to the game. I, I went just to the stadium just after. Uh, we beat Liverpool. Uh, Jack Collison signed this. Um, so yeah, it's all good. Um, yeah, we beat Liverpool last time, and we turn. This is the sort of game where, on paper, you go, we shouldn't have any right challenging. But it's the big games that West Ham turn up, and and that's what I think is mm-hmm. when people say, "Oh, the West Ham way." The West Ham way is all the games we should win, we don't, and all the games we have no right to be anywhere near, we seem to 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 dominate. So, that being said, I'm going to go for a two-one to West Ham. Okay. I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet. I think Liverpool maybe, especially with Harvey Elliott back in the team, got a little bit too much about them to keep a clean sheet. But I do think they'll slip up and we'll beat them. Okay. Uh, I admire your optimism. Uh, I know Liverpool have also got a FA Cup game this week as well. However, just going back to something which you mentioned about your game, potentially a... Uh, a rotated squad, shall we say, for uh, for this particular fixture, yeah. possibly may pay more attention to um, the, the the league positions and also the uh, the Europa League as well. Um, I think this is potentially going to be a bit of a paste in. Um, I think for for your FA Cup game, I think Moyes has got to show um, show the West Ham fans that you're committed to. Going as far as you can in each of your competitions. Yeah. Um, therefore, I predict quite a strong starting lineup for for you guys. Obviously, you are getting to the latter stages of the FA Cup now, which um, I think if you don't show yourselves to be um, at least attempting it, mm-hmm. whether whether you go out and um, put in a decent performance again, I think it's a different story. However, um, just looking at Liverpool this season again, it it pains me to say it, but they are looking how they did a couple of years ago. Um, I think we need to go back two seasons when they lost uh, to Manchester City by a point. Um, I think it's it's possibly going to end up the same again uh, this season. It's going to come right down to the wire, as we've been saying for a few weeks now. Um, but I think this is going to be a bit of a drubbing for you guys. I'm going to go for. A- so you, you, you broke up there. You're going for a what? A 4-0 Liverpool. Fucking hell. 
You should have stayed broken up. Mark me. <laughs> <laughs> if we lose 4-0, uh, I think there's going to be a riot in East London. Uh, I would say expect a, a lot of backlash from, from Liverpool fans. Because I think after the first game and West Ham fans coming out with, we are fucking massive. Yep. Um, I think that's going to uh, come back to bite you guys on the ass. I hope it doesn't. He- I really hope you go out there and tonk them again and you can go up to get a go. We are fucking massive. Here's the thing, right? Is is that sort of thing, I think a lot of a lot of the, the big clubs took seriously that West Ham fans were going mental, that we're massive. Not realising it's said in complete jest and actually we know we're a bit shit and we're punching above our weight. Um, but yeah, so that... Mate, I know, I know someone on social media that every time that West Ham lose, he has come out and gone, it can't even beat such and such. Can't, supposed to be a massive club. It's quite funny because... It's like, it's just like, my Twitter, oh, isn't it? Someone's... <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's definitely a Liverpool fan. Oh. But um, yeah, he's, he's still so bitter about the time that... that <laughs> I'd say possibly the one and only time you've beaten him in history. But no, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't see anything more than a, an absolute drubbing on... on Fair enough, fair enough. And that moves on to uh, Watford Arsenal. Yes, so With our neighbours of the road. Boy mm. in charge. Um, again, uh, I know we have seen a bit of a bounce from Watford, but um, I think with the way that we have been recently, uh, obviously grinding out results, fighting till the end, me and you have said it on so many occasions, we don't care if you lose as long as you can see the players are leaving it out on the pitch. And I think certainly for the game against Wolves, that was one of those games where we battled right to the very end, um, obviously scoring with the last kick of the game. Um, we don't have any midweek games to kind of contend with. Um, I think as providing we don't pick up any injuries, touch wood, um, this could potentially be quite a comfortable win for us. Um, I know it's a, a game away from home, but it, are you guffing away again? No, 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 no. Um yeah, I think this is uh, going to be a, a very comfortable win for us. So I'm going to go three. Fair enough. To Arsenal. I was going to go. <laughs> the old, oh, the old, the old fart, Mike. <laughs> a bit, 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 bit gassy tonight. Sorry, listeners. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, well, even I'm choking on it. In fairness, I put the microphone in the back, back near to my mouth, and uh, I can taste it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not ideal. Uh, that was a bad decision. Uh, but what I will say with this one is a uh, nil-nil. <laughs> I think Watford will struggle to score. I think you'll, you you will go back to to your form of being defensively sound, but struggle to score. And we'll see Roy, um say that the Crystal Palace uh, we dominated the game. And uh, my name's Roy, and I don't I look clueless a bit. But uh, that was my Roy Hodgson impression. I don't know if it was any good or not. I've Spot never on. I've never practiced it, but I, I think we'll see a few images on Sky Sports of him just looking clueless on the on the, on the touchline. Um, but yeah. Okay. So, so nil-nil for me. Thank you, Doki. So that rounds up the predictions for this week. Yeah. Just to recap, 
um, Southend versus uh, Southend, Southampton versus West Ham. You've got one one West Ham to win on penalties. I've gone two one West Ham. Liverpool West Ham. You went for a two one win to live uh, to West Ham. I've yep. gone for a four 0 Liverpool. And then Watford Arsenal. You've gone for nil nil. I've gone for three one. Yep. And if you want to join in, obviously at home, let us know on Twitter or in the comment section on YouTube what your predictions are for those games. And uh, yeah, we will uh, see who is the best, us or you. Um, but with that being said, Mike. With everything else going on in the world, is there anything else you want to add to the podcast in terms of footballing news? Um, uh, I'm, I'm sure there was something. I'm confident. There's, you know, when you get that niggling feeling where you know you want to say something, but I can't remember for the life of me what it was supposed to have said. Um, so no no fair enough I uh, no all, all I will say so we'll recap it as we get a little bit closer to the time West Ham have drawn Seville the most decorated team in Europa League and they will as Liverpool did experience how massive we actually are on our European road trip um, so say until next week I have been Ian I've been Mike uh, make sure you're subscribed to FDT TV and we'll see you next week <laughs>